for joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and latest trends in digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. Hey, Samir. Hey, Jeremy. How is it going? Yeah, good. You? Very good. Yeah, so we got some good topics today, and the first thing I have to do is congratulate you. I don't know if anybody out there in the podcast universe knows that Samir was just selected as a top marketing ops game changer, which is a fantastic, fantastic award. So congratulations. Thanks so much. Yeah, this is uh, something where, um, you know, hundreds of people apply for this and it goes through a a decision process with a bunch of judges and um, they just don't give it to anybody. So uh, congratulations on that. No problem. I appreciate it. Well, I think, and thanks for bringing that up. I think the most important thing is, you know, the expertise that we bring this to this podcast, like years of experience that you have in the space and then uh, my experience. So I think we're coming in from uh, a much more advanced level of knowledge on this front. So I think we really appreciate all the kind feedback that we get from our listeners uh, and we want to continue providing valuable content. Oh, absolutely. So today um, we got some, you know, pretty simplified podcast. It's uh, seven simple questions to ask to measure your contact data quality. So let's first define that contact data quality. Yeah, absolutely. So my thinking here was uh, we as a marketing organization, marketing analytics organization, marketing ops teams and marketing technology teams, and all those are involved with some sort of marketing data management. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think the question is, the biggest question that remains is the quality of your contact data, which basically means the quality of your CRM data, your customer relationship. And that's your first party data too, also to say. Correct. Yes. The data that you're collecting about your prospects uh, and eventually turning them into a customer when that conversion happens. So that's that's what we're going to talk about is what are some of those questions that you need to ask uh, to measure whether or not you're collecting the right pieces of information and whether or not once you're building your contact database, your marketing database, Uh, Is it valuable enough or it requires cleanup or you need to rethink about your data collection strategy? Exactly. And just to to reiterate again, when we talked about, you know, your data, your contact data, this is your first party data, data that you collect through your systems that you manage. That's not appended. It's just what you have. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there could be a possibility where you may have existing data and you're appending with new information. Mm-hmm. But to your point, yes, the, the most important thing here is the one that you're collecting into your data centers uh, or your CRM platforms or your marketing automation platforms. Uh, and then the process that you're following through collect that data. Absolutely. Cool. So let's start with uh, question number one. So what type of data you know, do you currently collect for your contacts, leads, and accounts? And I think with this question, you know, it varies depending on your industry, your vertical, kind of how mature your 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 data and ops are. But I think from your standpoint, let, let's just talk about average. So what, what type of data do you currently collect? You know, uh, for and your- that's a great question. And the reason why uh, as a uh, as a marketing leader or as a marketing ops leader, you may want to think about this piece is because it's extremely important to know the type of data you're collecting. And what do we mean by the type of data? Essentially, we're talking about are you just collecting simple information, that first name, last name, email, 
uh, and telephone number and company name. Or you're collecting more advanced level information where you're also asking them what's your title, uh, mm-hmm. what's your company revenue, uh, what's your organization site. So it all depends on that. But I think uh, when we're taking a step back, we need to make sure that we ask this question that, okay, I'm collecting this data from multiple sources, but what is that I'm ca- trying to capture? Or more importantly, what is that I'm trying to achieve? So uh, when you ask me the question, like what type of data we collect, so I think it varies. I think most of the time we're interested specifically in that first name, last name, uh, contact information, either name and telephone number, uh, email telephone number, or the company name. So at least those five or six basic pieces of information that we want to collect. So if we can figure out a way to reach out to them either by email or either by uh, a phone call. Yeah, and I think another thing to add in there is that, you know, a lot of people want to get crazy and just collect as much data as possible. There, There's a point of diminishing return there. And you have to really understand what amount of data and which pieces of data are best for your company. Because you get to a point where there's a collection of data to where the the person you're collecting from is going to say, listen, dude, this is a little bit too personal. Yeah, and I think that's where you, know, that's where you get uh, more smart and start using marketing technologies that allow you to collect that additional piece of information later. So using a system, uh, we're using a solution provider as so vendors like Axiom uh, mm-hmm. or using a, a progressive profiling so you can collect that data at a later stage. Uh, so I think we can be smart just collecting that upfront information that we want to have based on our conversion cycles and then later on adding and appending data from other sources. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. So let's go to number two. Uh, question number two. So what is the completion rate of your critical data fields in your CRM. So when we talk about critical data, there's two key things we need to make sure we define here. So what is the difference between your regular data and your critical data? And then also what is a completion rate? So let's start first. What's the difference between critical data and regular data? The critical data is, uh, again, piggybacking on the question number one, is you need to ask is what is the most important information that your sales teams or your marketing teams need in order to continue the discussion with that customer. Um, so the extremely critical, minimal number of information. So like I was saying, for our company, it is name, email, and telephone number. Exactly. Uh, right. I so completely I think, agree. So I think that is what differentiates between your critical data and additional data that you're going to need for about that customer. Cool. Next one. Uh, so completion rate, right? Yeah. So speaking of completion rate, I think that's where it just gets into people really thinking about it. But once you ask yourself, okay, first off, am I collecting the critical data that I need? And if you check that box, then you say, okay, now the question is for that particular critical data sets, how much of my data does not include those fields, which mm-hmm. is if I am putting in information into our CRM system, I'm putting into information into the marketing database, am I missing something? Maybe I'm not collecting that phone number that I really need. Maybe I'm not collecting the email. Maybe I'm not collecting the last name. So there are several pieces, and there are you know there are ways to overcome these challenges where you make it mandatory in your yep. CRM system where you're going to say, if these four or five pieces of information are not available then the data cannot be en- entered into the CRM system or data cannot be entered into the marketing automation system. Yeah, best example of that is company name. Right. 
a lot of people don't want to put their company name because they think you're going to track them back. So that that's a definitely a, a big one. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So let's go to number three. Uh, so what are your CRM or marketing automation data sources? So basically, some examples of some CRM most popular out there. You've got you know you've got Sugar CRM, you've got Salesforce, and so on with regards to marketing automation. You've got your your Eloquas, your Marketos, and your Silver Pops of the world. So yep. just to get that out of the way. So Very good. Wh- Thanks for clarifying. Wh- what that. are your yeah, sure. So what what are your CRM and marketing automation data sources? Meaning when you say data sources, are you talking about data that actually feeds into these systems and from other systems? Or are you talking about data that is collected by people interacting? Data that feeds into the system. So for example, your data source could be your website, right? And then from the website, it could be your digital channel, such as your organic search, your emails, your webinars, web traffic, direct traffic, or it mm-hmm. could be your offline sources, let's, such as you're doing trade shows, you're doing networking events, or you're doing uh, some offline uh, activity. Uh, so those are the most common data sources. The reason why we want to ask this question is what are your CRM marketing automation data sources? Because you, it will make you think like, okay, I know that I want to make sure that I capture my critical field. I know that I want to collect uh, specific information but now I got to go look at these data sources or channels where my data is coming from to make sure like every single one of them is being checked and make sure that we're collecting that right information. So that is the reason why we're bringing this question is you need to completely be on board in making sure every single data source that's bringing data is following the same system and is following the same mandate that you have in the organization for data collection. And, and the best way to do that is really just to run an audit. I mean, exactly. you know, I, I remember you and I, uh, when we were at IBM, we did a study that said that on average, the, a marketing um, department has about 35 different tools that they use to run their, their marketing on a daily basis. So if you need to look at the data sources for that, do an audit of your 35 different tools. Great, great point. Yep, cool. So number four. So how would you rate the accuracy of your content data? So we talked about first completion rate, and we talked about really looking at your critical data fields and collecting all this data from these different sources. But now you get in this term accuracy. So how would you rate the accuracy? Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, the way I'm thinking is, again, nothing, we're trying to make this as simple as possible. So the way I would think is from an accuracy standpoint, and this is a tough one, especially for a contact information, mm-hmm. unless you, until you have initiated some sort of contact for that uh, contact record or contact data, you're not going to know the accuracy 100% of the time. But let's say if you have, a, you know, I'm throwing a number out there. Let's say if you have 100 contacts in your database. And mm-hmm. of those contacts, you have uh, uh, reached out to all those hundreds, and you know that out of those 20% are good contacts, then you, your contact accuracy raised is 20%. But if you yep. think that you have collected really good quality information, you have done your audit, you have performed all the checks and balances, and you have 80% of the contact information that is healthy and responsive, and at least you are able to get hold of the right person, then will, your contact accuracy rate will be 80%. So that will be like a very simple way uh, to kind of uh, measure your data quality and contact accuracy by measuring the the reach that you can have with this particular database. Exactly. And, and I'll get into some more information after, after this stuff. But then there's the secondary question of that. Question number five is, so then how would you rate the accuracy of your account data? 
So now you're talking about two different things. You're talking about contact data and then you're talking about account data. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the whole idea about account-based marketing or Mm account-based sales, right? Uh, As companies are starting to realize uh, and as companies continue to grow, we know that we could have several people from that same organization interacting with your organization. Uh, So you don't want to have a, a very siloed approach where a portion of your sales team is working with uh, you know, maybe uh, two people in the uh, IT security group versus the other folks are working with people in the marketing group where at the end they're tr- you're trying to sell them the same product. I think it will be advisable for you to consolidate into the account. By account, we simply mean the company, right, mm-hmm. the company that you're working with. So let's say if there are 10 people from a company, you want to make sure you approach them in a more structured way and say marketing has a specific need. We know that. We're working on that. Your security department has a specific need. Your sales department has a need. And we can all solve that need. Why don't we all get together in the same uh, call and discuss the overarching theme and how my company can help you guys? So when we go back to the statement where you say, how do you rate the accuracy of your contact uh, contact data? And then we lead on with the account data. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to say is, yes, your contact data might be great, but you still will not be approaching this company as a whole. So you also want to measure your account data where you want to say like, okay, if I have those contacts attached to the right accounts and if those accounts are still good accounts they want to work with. And that's where data pending companies, you know, like live ramps and so on come into play. Absolutely. Exactly. Fantastic. Okay. So question number six. So on average, what percentage of your CRM data is duplicate? And when we say duplicate, a lot of times this happens because you know, somebody's going to go and sign up for a webinar and, and they'll have the same name that they'll use their work email and then they'll use their same name with their uh, work, uh, personal email or they'll use one thing that's different or sometimes they may say like, um, you know, the company name, uh, comma, LLC or company names, comma, corp or different variations of that. But it really comes out to be the same person sometimes. And that's a great point. And that's one way you can have a duplicate data is because there are multiple, there are same person trying to do multiple activities with your brain, mm-hmm. either digitally or, or either physically. Now, that's one way to duplicate data. The other way is by you yourself importing that contact record again and again, right? Yes. So you could have the same uh, import that you can have data upload to your Salesforce, so you can have a salesperson trying to reach out to the same person, and they're trying to upload this record as well. So now you have uh, multiple records for the same email, right? So then, then you're going to have the data duplication issue. So that's what we're trying to say here: is what percentage of your CRM data is duplicate? The way you're going to look at is you're going to run your uh, database reports, and you're going to say out of uh, 100 records that I have, it seems 20 are duplicates. So now that's you, that will be your 20% duplication of your data. So you want to be very careful and you want to do this analysis and reporting at least once a quarter uh, if your CRM is large to see what percentage duplication you have. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes into our last question. So how frequently you, do you dedupe your system of records or CRM? And I think with that, you know, for every company is different. A lot of times... If you're sending out a, a, a ton of promotional emails per week, you know, you don't want to get yourself blacklisted and so on. And if there's a lot of frequency, um, you know, lead outgoing lead generation, I'm sorry, out, outgoing kind of lead nurturing to your uh, to your customers and your prospects, you know, it needs to be more frequent. 
So I, I, yeah. I guess for you, can do you, do you have kind of like a, uh, you know, like a best practice? So from a best practice, again, you brought up a very good point. It depends on the size of the organization, right? If my organization is a smaller and my data set is manageable and it's only like a couple hundred thousand records in it, then I would definitely encourage people to do that every quarter. Uh, every quarter, have a tool. There are lots of, uh, I don't want to name one, but there are lots of options where you can find a data duplication tool, a deduplication tool that you can use. Uh, that will run onto your database and it will automatically clean up duplicates based on your set criteria. Uh, so every quarter you can run that uh, system and it will take care of it. The other way to think about it is you may want to do like a yearly cadence. Again, if your organization is extremely large, you have tons of data, so you want to put on a yearly cadence of removing all the redundant records that you may have accumulated in the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be another way to do it. Uh, again, this – and it also depends on you know the departments you have. Like most of the time, if it's a larger company, they're going to have a, a marketing department for each of their business units. Um, so it, then you will have to kind of have a company-wide policy that every year we're going to go and look at our data and make sure that, first off, we do the security checks and balances, and secondarily, we remove all the redundant records – so we're trying to make sure that our data is good quality data for us to use for the next year. I think that'll be a very good exercise for someone to go do at the end of the year. So the coming year, they have a really clean record and they can start their marketing efforts in a clean record. So that's that's the kind of a cadence I would recommend. Uh, absolutely. And, and just for, for purposes, you know, there's different avenues to that. Sometimes you can do this internally with your own tools and your own systems, and your own people. A lot of times you can work with third-party vendors to be able to send out your data to be able to be, you know, deduped or hygiened or cleaned or whatever vernacular you want to use. There's like a thousand of them out there now, right? Yeah. And I think um, uh, during the campaigns, uh, the presidential campaigns, they use this term bleached. Dear, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. but Right. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, they even have real-time. Um, real-time um, kind of hygiene cleansing and stuff where it feeds through a system real-time as you push it out. So there's a lot of new different ways to do this, but I think this is very important because as you start to spend a ton of money, you know, really getting in all these leads and then pushing back out to the, all these leads with, uh, you know, with your contacts within your CRM, the last thing you want to do is just have, you know, crap data, basically. Right. The last thing you want to do is just have data that's going to cause you to get high bounce rates you know, unsubs, um, uh, people just kind of, you know, doing kind of like a unsubscribes or anything, just wanting to remove themselves completely from your presence because basically you're spamming them. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think you're bringing up some really good points there. Uh, the The idea of uh, keeping your uh, contact data or your CRM data quality in check and making sure that you're measuring it, um, it all goes beyond uh, the day-to-day cycles of uh, looking at the data and performing actions for it, like sales or marketing action. It, it is basically you're putting a strategy in place, and within the strategy you're putting all these tactics, and then you're asking these seven questions, and, and you're putting systems and processes in place that takes care of this. Like you don't have to actually go and do mm-hmm. all of this by yourself. You can leverage tools, you can leverage resources, and you will be able to answer these seven questions effectively then you know that you're getting to a place where you're going to have a really good quality data that you can uh, perform your marketing and sales action on. Completely agree. This is fantastic stuff. And I think it's it seems like something simple, as Samir was just saying, but it's something that's very important and something you can 
easily do without making it seem like it's a, just a burden, you know, on, on, on the daily things that you have to go through. Great. So fantastic. So this has been a nice, a uh, little bit shorter podcast from us, but just kind of short and sweet and absolutely fantastic. And Samir, thank you again. This is uh, some great stuff. And again, congratulations on your award. Hey, thank you so much. No problem, man. We'll see you guys later. Thanks. See ya.